Intuition is a multidisciplinary artist and really talented producer that I met while working at a cafe in downtown Boston. I would actually say that his influence is part of the reason this podcast exists. He's also responsible for all the intro and outro music, unless I say otherwise. You can check out the rest of his really good music on Bandcamp and on Spotify. One of the best things about a podcast is being able to promote artists, and I hope I'll have a bigger platform to do that someday. So getting to have intuition on was fun and marks the start of having artists join me for conversations. Luckily, this artist is my friend. Enjoy. Hello. Hello. Dude, it has been... When was the last time... I actually don't remember what date was the last time we spoke. Was it November? Um, possibly. It, yeah. it was either the beginning of November or maybe the end of October. Gotcha. And I don't remember. You were telling me... I think it was... It must have been... I think it was late October. I think it was right at the end of October, um, but it could have been in November. Um, I don't remember because it would have been your birthday is at the beginning of November, right? Yeah. What day is my birthday, Armando? November 4th? No. Which day is it? November 6th. Oh. Should I be publicly announcing that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Just kidding. It, I don't think it matters too much, but yeah. I will. I'll bleep it. I'll bleep it just for fun. We'll just have November. <laughs> or bleep. scramble it. Yeah, yeah. Scramble it. Reverse it. Yeah. yeah. Just um, put the 33rd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the last time we talked. It was a while ago. I, it's it's longer to me, it seems, because I've been moving and right. uh, and doing a lot. And a lot has changed in my life in some ways since then. Got you. So, yeah, well, I, so it's a lot different. Who, <laughs> for everyone who doesn't know, uh, we because no one will know, and the, the, I guess they never will know, but we just spent that whole podcast basically talking about motorcycles. So, did we no, now? No one's no one's really missing out on anything from that podcast. I think. We yeah, I was gonna say I didn't of our skills. Yeah, I didn't like it. I mean, as from a like a. A view as to who I am, you know. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't feel like didn't it cover covered anything the... about anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we talked. We talked about motorcycles and cars for a while, from what I remember. And you just reminded me that we talked about because I had just gotten a few, a couple months prior to that, I had just gotten my quote unquote new motorcycle. Yeah. A few months before that, and yep. I was still more. I was more excited about it than I am now. I'm still excited about it, but I crashed it recently. So, uh oh, still building uh, confidence back after that. It's weird how that happens, right? It's weird that confidence. <laughs> it's weird that you have to like build up confidence. Do you know what I mean? Like, why if it's yeah. a one-off event, like you've you've. It's weird that your brain works that way. Not your brain, but like that the human brain. Is like, no, I'm. The reason I'm laughing is because it's weird. It, it sounded like you meant you meant it's weird that that happens that people crash their motorcycles. <laughs> that's pretty regular. Yeah, that's that's the adult that's the adult view of perspective I've gotten on that. Like, it's weird how that happens, right? It's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's okay. 
no, it was it was off road. The dirt broke my fall. Oh, good. It's all good. We're yeah. all we're all good. The bike still works. Yeah. Well, we luckily we don't have to do a whole motorcycle yeah. recap on this one. But you were telling yeah. me you were like in a good creative space recently. What's been going on? Um. Well, maybe I phrased it differently because creatives. Well, I did say that actually. So I I'll let you get away with that. But I've been less creative lately in total than I have been than you know me to be. Because you know me as the person who sits in their studio uh, all day and, like, rain or shine in Boston, I would just sit in there and work on stuff, you know? Right, right. And then that slowly decreased when I moved back to L.A. a few years ago during the pandemic. And then I I slowly took on a, a new schedule of working on things creatively and then, you know, working on things for actual income. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then... Because those two things aren't often, you know, excuse me, those two things aren't often aligned, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, I'm sorry to say, but that's the reality of artwork and music nowadays. For sure. Um, so, yeah, but I, I I, would say the, the distance has been good because I, I sat down to write something the other day and it was a lot easier to do than, you know, than the days when it's, I don't know, when it's, I've been sampling records for, you know, three or four hours straight and it's, you know, I'm just fried out on beats and stuff. Yeah. So it's, um, and I, I've had a lot of revelations about the, the, the stuff I like. I haven't, my music taste hasn't changed in like a year. Sorry, my cat has the zoomies. So it's distracting me. If I seem distracted, one of my cats has the zoomies right now. So he's, you might be able to hear him sprinting back and forth in the RV. I do hear some pitter patters. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's been, I, I've had the same music taste for like almost two years, like a year and a half, almost two years now. I've been listening to primarily the same music, which in a lot of ways might seem boring or repetitive, but um, I don't know. I've just been thinking about the type of music I want to make and the type of the the type of accompanying artwork and stuff I want to make and I haven't I actually haven't done any visual artwork in a very long time the last thing I made was that photo edit thing a while ago but um yeah so the space the space has been um helpful to process things I guess and I've also been working on a lot of other things in my life you know just trying to exist um and live on the road so yeah so creatively i've been into you know making things more than sampling things and i've been into i don't know you know keeping up to date on new stuff but also listening to the same music over and over i don't know i'm all over the place you're gonna have to ask me a more specific question to get a to get a uh <laughs> a noteworthy <laughs> answer <laughs> no that's good i mean i think there's it does go in and out of focus a lot of the time uh just with creating work in general it's like there is moments where it's it's in focus it's right in front of you and you're like okay i'm doing this right now and i'm gonna be doing this tomorrow and then there's times where it's you know there's the drive to do something or the clarity on on what you want to do is just a little bit more elusive and so you yeah you have to wait i don't know maybe you have to wait for it but also 
maybe maybe you're just busy doing other things and that's I actually think that's really important. Like people talk about procrastination. I'm like, well, sometimes it's not procrastination. Sometimes you're just like living and being alive. It is. <laughs> uh, it is though. I don't know. I feel like I've been procrastinating, procrastinating a lot, um, because I've sat on the same. But it, it's the same thing. I don't know. You're right. You're right, and you're wrong because I I do think it is procrastination sometimes, but sometimes it's not. So I I both agree and disagree with what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> this another another elusive answer there, but yes, when you. Do you know, do you understand like the situations which help you be creative or do you just kind of wait for the moments to come and go? Or if you could curate it for yourself, would you know, like, here's exactly how I would live if I just wanted to create things that I like? Well, you just answered that question, I think. (laughs) No, I, I, I think I, it's, um, it's very hard for me to have a plan about creativity. Like it's very hard for me. I mean, nowadays, especially it's hard for me to even sit down. Cause sometimes like our generator went out the other day. So until I fix that, we, we don't have enough power on the road for me to make music all the time. You know, we're going to be charging the battery when we're driving and when it's sunny, but sometimes, you know, not going to have enough power to even work on stuff. So it's, uh, Sometimes it's hard to wait for the moment of inspiration to strike, you know, but um, I feel like I have more control over that type of moment uh, when I am creating now than I used to, if that makes any sense. I do do feel like, so to, to to bring this answer to an end, I do feel like I have more control over that, uh, right moment so to speak you know yeah that's yeah. great i feel like i'm i'm such a better musician than i used to be as well i used to be not a very good musician when i made music for the first time i mean obviously that should be self-explanatory but i feel like even before even going back to before you met me like i was i had so much to learn and even when you knew me to be again when you knew me to be a very pro- prolific producer slash musician whatever like i i feel even then i I was so much less talented like so much less skilled you know so i feel i don't know pretty in control when i create now i feel like there's there's not a plan you know but like i feel like i have the right tools to express myself you know yeah can you put your finger on exactly what that it like what that means in you know like in an action sense or is it is it more like just a feeling you have you know uh things like weed help as i take a bong rip um <laughs> you know things like uh setting um so if i were to put my finger on it precisely i would say uh you know emotion setting but again i that's kind of for me that's kind of the same question because yeah that moment is hard to uh control all the time but lately i do have more control i don't know i'm rambling i'm rambling in circles now about about that 
that's a very conceptual thing though. I did tell you I did tell you I wanted to discuss concept and and <laughs> that this is a very uh yeah, that's a very broad thing. I think a lot of people will have different feelings about how they find that right moment. There's some artists, visual artists or musicians what have you that are so prolific that I think they must have mastered the ability to create those moments of um you know inspiration yeah yeah i was listening to um uh i'm sure you know casey neistat but his brother van neistat um okay (laughs) do you know do you know van no no but this this might be a learning experience for me i don't know because casey i find insufferable sometimes sometimes i find you know his his uh content interesting but i think he's done he's done some weird stuff before if i remember correctly but that's besides the point what tell me about tell me about his brother so his brother so van is this sort of different character from casey because you know casey's been doing this youtube thing since uh, i guess 2015 2016 was his peak when he was like vlogging every day um which is like i mean to do essentially 800 vlogs in a row that's an insane amount of productivity and uh, dedication. And they're all, as far as filmmaking goes, they're all really good. Um, mm. So so th- there's Casey, who's like this crazy productive guy who's ju- who was at the forefront of the YouTube world and is sort of now like a godfather in the YouTube space. And then there's his brother, Van, who's sort of, um, who grew up doing films together with him. They had a show called The Neistat Brothers on HBO. It only did a season. And then... Um, Van and Casey mm. both did work with Tom Sachs in New York. Um, mm. And Van is like this, he's like the the fix-it man of the art world. So he's just very uh, good at, at assembling and building and creating little tools and um, creating little devices. And he, he's a very hands-on guy. He's very, he's like the handyman of the art world. Um, mm. But he's also a very skilled filmmaker, and so I think it's I guess it's two years ago now he started a YouTube channel, and he doesn't mm. watch YouTube, um, so he just makes videos and puts them on YouTube in his own weird little way, and it's it's fantastic, and I love it so much. Um, but he was describing the artistic lifestyle, and he was saying one thing that the veteran artist does that the recreational artist doesn't do is the recreational artist begins with inspiration. And then it fizzles out. They develop resentment for their work. And then they never finish it. And then they develop resentment for the whole process. Whereas the, um, the artist, the veteran artist starts with commitment. Works, hits a wall. Inspiration breaks him through the wall. And then uh, his commitment drives him forward with his newfound inspiration. And at the end of it... Um, he has this gratitude for the work and for the process. And that gratitude extends over all of the uh, frustration that he had before. And you only get that gratitude if you finish your work. And I thought that was really fascinating. The idea of starting with commitment as opposed to mm. starting with inspiration. And and that inspiration mm. is what frees you from the walls you find after you've committed to the work you're doing. Um, and I've been trying to okay. do that more and approach things more like that. I was, yeah. Mm. I'm going to have to process that. First of all, I would replace the the he with they 
Because I think it could be a non-binary person or a girl, but I understand that you probably heard this from Van, and Van probably said he. Is it Van or Vaughn? It's Van. Uh, Van Van. Van, uh, uses Tom Sachs as the person he's describing in the story. Yeah, okay. So he just shows he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I totally Um, agree. Yeah. No, I would say a broader statement, but also, to me... The reason the reason why I giggled and the reason why I was I was making sounds is because those sound very similar to me. But I under I, I guess I understand the separation there. I I I might gain a broader understanding by asking you, which of those two options do you think I am? <laughs> I don't know because that I, that might help me understand if I if I told you I was making a lot less work lately and I was a lot less productive, you know. Well, I don't know that productivity ties into it so much. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't mm-hmm. measure you by Was that the whole point? No. Was that the, the whole, whole point, point of was, that? The whole point was that the process the process begins with commitment as opposed to beginning with inspiration and that yeah. the veteran artist understands that the inspiration comes after you've committed instead of waiting for the inspiration to come and then so trying I think, to figure yourself out the whole way. I think that makes me a recreational artist then (laughs) i think that makes me the prior example because the latter example of a veteran artist in in the case and in the way you just explained it that doesn't apply to me i think i often wait for the inspiration to strike before developing and then i often find myself not finishing or or you know uh stagnant Mm -hmm. but 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 the the so the reason i say for me they're one and the same is because i think not uh, maybe i don't occupy both of those roles simultane- simultaneously excuse me uh but i think at different times i might occupy one or the other you know so i think when finishing a project i might em- employ more of a veteran you know role in that i am committed to finishing it and i i seek to finish it and that's what drives the I'm committed to finishing it and that's what drives the the work and the inspiration you know involved in in completing it but usually when I start a body of work it is almost purely the first thing you described which is inspiration striking and then working you know trying to work that out yeah and I you know I've been applying this because I know you were talking about talking about art and life but um, this idea of the importance of completion, I've been trying to apply it to more things in my life. And I start seeing more errors in the ways I do things through the lens of, is did I finish what I started? And if I didn't finish, why didn't I finish it? And I, you know, I try to make that, I try to close as many loops as I can in a day right now. So like if I go, if I go get groceries, um, mm-hmm. I go, I, I'm, the beginning of the process is like, I find my reusable bag. I put that in the car. I drive to the grocery store. I make sure to remember to bring my usable bag into the actual store because sometimes I forget. I don't know. Pick up whatever I actually need, check out with it, go home, and then plop the bag on the table, put things in the refrigerator. And sometimes I think I'm done grocery shopping. But the reality is if I don't put that bag in a place where I will remember to take it next time <laughs> or even back in the car, I didn't close yes. the loop. You know what I'm saying? 
and meticulous. So these, yeah, in some ways meticulous, but um, that lens of is did I did I complete this task? And if I didn't complete it, why? Like what 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 either laziness or distraction is taking me away from closing the loops on the little things I'm trying to do? So yeah. You know, if do I you do have, laundry, do I end up folding it and putting it away and putting the basket back where it started? That's a closed loop, yeah. you know? That That is, that sounds very satisfying to me. That sounds like, uh, you know, I don't know. Do you have OCD? No, this is, some, this is, a, this is very, this causes a lot of friction to try and do in my brain. Like it's, yeah. I have to work very hard to think this way mm. and work very hard to execute things this way. This is completely mm. unintuitive to me. Um, but I'm making it more intuitive by doing it more often. Uh, if you left me to my own devices though, for the last 20, 22 years, I would never, <laughs> done. I never completed anything really. Not at least to the level that I'm trying to complete things these days. Wait, you're two years younger than me? No, I'm, tw- well, I don't know. I'm one year younger usually, but I guess at some point I'm two. I'm 23 right now. Oh, so yeah. Wait, yeah. you, when's your birthday again? Halloween. Oh, that's what... Okay, I was going to say I thought it was around Halloween time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. so there's a month, or t- you know, where yep. it's more... But, yeah, it's a year. Okay. Yeah, that's um. that's kind of how I like to do things, but I often find myself procrastinating. Yeah. So... So I can't relate to that fully, but the closed loop system, it that that does, you know, tickle my brain in a way that, you know, makes me feel like you're on you're on track, you're on you're you know, I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean it's it's good. I the um, there's another saying, uh I'm sure you've heard before it goes it's basically just the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And I don't, I'm mm. not, I don't have complete evidence that that's true, but I am, if it is true, I'm intrigued. If it's not true, I'm hoping that I do at least a few things better than I do a, a few other things. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a very disjointed, uh, very vague conversation, but I kind of understand that. I would have to disagree though. I'm very good at riding a motorcycle. I'm terrible at driving a car. Um, so, you know. Why are I, you? You're terrible at I, driving cars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just because I haven't practiced as much, but. Got it. I've probably ridden close to like thirty thousand miles on motorcycles now. Jesus Christ. So, because my current bike, or not thirty thousand, um, twenty five maybe, twenty four. Yeah. But um, yeah, my current bike has almost 20,000 miles on it and I got it with 10. So that's 10 right there and then wow. I have another bike that I put like 8 on and then I had the the moped, the electric moped, which I mean people hate to count that as a bike, but the thing goes 60 miles an hour. So it's yeah. you know, it's as good as it's better than a pit bike, which I had a pit bike that I was riding in the street for a while. <laughs> so you know yeah yeah that's uh yeah no this motorcycles are fun we could end the podcast We're, right now man that's a closed loop <laughs> right there 
Yeah, uh, it's up to you. Unless you got more questions. Um, I have plenty of questions. Yeah, I I don't know. I think, I think. I will leave. I'll I'll leave the productivity and inspiration conversation at this. That I will leave that to the internet gurus, um, who, <laughs> who are probably have much more you know, accreditation as to their methods of productivity and. You know, I would even point people in the direction of certain uh, music producers who are on YouTube and stuff, you know, like um, there's very popular ones who are mainstream like Eldre and stuff. And then there's l- some more low key ones like one I revisited today named Spell, um, whose most, you know, famous achievement is winning a Kenny Beats battle, I think. Oh, nice. So and now he's banned from them for life because he he was winning too many of the preliminary rounds and stuff. <laughs> so that's his that was one that's of his hilarious. like most yeah, this is one of his most popular YouTube videos, but like yeah, I will leave that kind of thing to them, to the highly productive people because I'm not as productive lately, especially when it comes to creativity. But like I was saying earlier, that's not necessarily a bad thing all the time. No, not necessarily. Do you, um, when, this is a strange question, but like, um, a lot of people, when they meet somebody, uh, and this, I guess this happens more in cities. I can understand if it's less, <laughs> less often outside of cities, but, um, they ask like, what do you do? And then what they, what they mean is like, what is your profession? You know, Who like, are you? How do you make money? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. um, but that's, you know, it's not for a lot of people, I think they can't answer that question truthfully because if they answer their profession, sure, you gave the person the information they were looking for, but we don't, not everyone identifies by the way they make money. Um, do you, do you answer, have you ever had to answer that? And do you ever answer like, I'm an artist or I'm a music producer or do you not even think about it? That's a good question. I used to answer that way the way you just said when I lived in Boston and I was doing that almost full time, there was a point at which I was helping people record and I was making my own stuff and, you know, mixing and doing all that stuff at a rate that would qualify as, Hey, you know, I I do this, you know, that's what I do. Yeah. But, um, most recently, for example, when I was living in Lomita, when I was still living in the LA area, I was working with kids. So I was working with a school district, with a local school district, and then I was working for the city with a group of kids, and then I was working with my dad's USTA team sometimes, which are kids, you know. So, um, and then before that, I was nannying for two kids for a long time, you know. So I, I used to say when I was in um, LA for a while, I would say, oh, I, I work with kids. And then if they asked, if the cool people, you know, asked, oh, what do you actually do? You know, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I'm a musician and an artist, you know. But, um, yeah. So to answer your question, if I were to answer <laughs> what do you do right now, I would say I'm um, traveling to be a camp host. Um, I was working with kids. I do house cleaning. Um, I've done professional IT work, um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm kind of in between right now, so I'd probably give someone the full resume if they asked right now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I've done a lot of things, and uh, I'd say I most enjoy teaching tennis and then making uh, music. Nannying would be third, but nannying is a little bit harder because you're responsible for like feeding and like bathroom issues and stuff, you know. Yeah, and kids absolutely. can kids can be disgusting. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, dude, uh, that's a little bit tougher than uh, than just teaching them how to swing a tennis racket and hit a ball. Yeah, it definitely it definitely does not sound as easy. Um, yeah, uh, especially so if you're good at tennis. So. <laughs> you're saying it's harder if you're good at tennis no i'm saying especially if you're good at tennis I'm, I'm good with kids and i also i'm pretty good at tennis so it's pretty easy to you know achieve um success when coaching yeah oh well that's good to hear as well i did not know you were nice with the racket but uh you didn't know that no i mean i knew that i knew that uh, i played in college was, and i you played in college yeah, and then I, I I I actually played two professional matches in in my life. <laughs> what, dude? <laughs> yeah, you are blowing my mind right now. But I guess that makes sense because you're quite tall. Why does? <laughs> what? Well, I mean, I guess some good tennis players are quite tall. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt you to be quite tall. You probably have a yeah. wicked serve. Um, yes. Damn. So I also play tennis lefty. You play tennis lefty. Yes, I play baseball right-handed, and then I play tennis left-handed. Whoa. So when I pitched in baseball, I played baseball up until high school, up until, like, I played a little bit in high school and then I quit. But I, when I played it in uh, baseball, I pitched right-handed, and I batted right-handed. Dude, you are blowing my mind right now. I never knew you were an athlete. Oh, you cut out. Oh, I was saying I never knew you were an athlete. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> you would never, you would never know from <laughs> my current self. <laughs> it says a lot about me. Wait, let me ask you this though, because as a follow-up to that identity type of question, do you feel like you had a choice to be an artist, or do you feel like it was just you were you have to do this? Like you kind of don't have a choice. You're always going to end up doing this. Over the no, I felt like I felt like I had a choice. Really? Yeah. I, I don't feel like I had a choice with tennis, but I, I just happened to enjoy the choice that was made for me <laughs> with tennis. Gotcha. But if I if I hadn't played tennis, to be honest with you, my dad probably would have been very disappointed. <laughs> gotcha. You- I mean, he my dad also played college basketball though. He was he was um he was actually in uh, March Madness one one of the first years of March Madness. <laughs> or no whatever way. i i don't know how long march madness has been called that but he was in the ncaa championships um right that's what it is march madness yep yep yeah. that's what it is my dad played in the ncaa championships when he was in college basketball <laughs> yeah wow that's amazing yeah. and then he uh, he he also coached the williams sisters in tennis venus and serena williams no way yeah when they were younger so you have all of these interesting connections. Well, that's I, I was explaining the athletic part of my upbringing, you know, of my environment. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. that said, you're saying you have you definitely have a choice here. Could you just could you just give it up? Like if it was 
is up to you. Could you just be like, no, I'm done with music for the rest of my life. I'm done with art. I'm just never going to do this again, and I'll be fine and happy never doing it again. No. I mean, that's a moot question because I will always have the work I've already released to lean on mm-hmm. for for that conversation, you know? Whether I like it or not, I will always be able to say, oh, hey, I created this body of work at this point, and, you know, that represents my creative being as oh, a whole. Oh, totally. Totally. In the but, past, I mean, like, going forward, could it be something where you're just... You know, if it's a choice, could you just walk away? Yes. Really? I think so. That's actually really surprising to me because when I, you know, when I met you, your whole setup was kind of like, um, and you know, I'm not saying you have to stay the person you were when I met you, but I am saying that there was this real like, I'm doing this and, and, and I'm going to be doing this, you know, if you meet me in five years, I'll just be doing this, but be doing it way better. Um, <laughs> and well, you said eventually I, it hasn't yeah, been five, five years. years is eventually 10 years is eventually. I think it's more like, excuse me, I'm burping. I think it's more like, uh, I don't know, 15, 20, mm-hmm. maybe less. <clears throat> do you feel like this is the so i so i'll i guess i'll talk for a second here because just to connect the dots for myself like this podcast and um the you know the surrounding the 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 personal side of it for me is that i get to talk to people who i really like and who think interesting ways and who i think bring value to my world because they have thoughts that I would never have on my own and 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 uh getting to talk to them is a rare opportunity that I couldn't generate or couldn't validate without having this sort of institution of the podcast behind me to sort of say like ah oh, we're doing this for a purpose and it's professional um and I sort of use it as an excuse to get to talk to people who I think are super interesting but I couldn't just send them an email and be like hey want to chat for an hour over lunch um and I do that as like a creative outlet and and you know place of expression for myself because i do feel very limited if i when i don't do something like this so if i'm not writing if i'm not working on a project or a little like a short film for myself or um i I don't know and any creative endeavor i feel like i'm missing something and getting to do the podcast is is to combat that feeling so i'm surprised that you you envision this i guess i guess for me when you say you could give it up or something like that it's like you could give up self-expression but i guess art isn't the only way to be expressive it just feels like the most obvious one to me yeah <clears throat> i mean in all seriousness i think the reason it's hard for me to envision my creativity at that point is because it's hard for me to envision living to that point right now Mm -hmm. not to be morbid but i do ride a motorcycle you know and i do like lately i've been going out to the woods and looking at mushrooms and stuff and someday i'm gonna eat some mushrooms and maybe i'm gonna have identified them wrong or something you know you never know so (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know 
for me, it's hard to envision anything at that point. So I think that's the reason why I say, you know, maybe I'm going to have to feel okay letting go of, you know, some type of music making or, but I, I feel like I'll always, I, I should uh, add a caveat to say that I, uh, I feel like I'll always maybe like play it, you know, like maybe, maybe I'm not releasing music anymore, but like, let's say I go somewhere and there's karaoke or something like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give it a shot, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be forever resigned from any type of music, you know? Yeah. To clarify. For sure. What do you, how, how do you think about, you know, obviously you were saying like you don't want to be morbid, which is good. I would advise you not to in general yeah. at least. But um, how do you think about your future? Because for me, future can be super and uh you know part of this is the age um just being in your 20s but the other part of it is obviously everyone's own circumstances and Mm. you know i want to apply this like ordered intentional approach to the next stages of my life but it can be hard to know how to do that because i do feel like i'm pretending to understand a lot of the time do you yeah do you how how do you like look at your future? Do you plan it out? Do you think about it, or do you kind of take it as it comes? Well, <laughs> if you, I'm sorry to be laughing. It's just because it's a crazy, it's a crazy topic. Uh, but how do you feel about things like the uh, train derailment in Ohio? I don't feel good about it. I mean, yeah. So yeah. the, the the most rec- one of the most recent things I heard is there was also a chemical spill somewhere in Oregon that's going to in- involve a river that comes, you know, somewhere around here mm-hmm. eventually. So things like that are kind of um put a dampener on reality. Um so hmm how do I see it? I think I'm going to you know, make music sometimes for the time being. And then eventually I'll be able to make it more for a little while. And then I'll kind of sputter out from then. And then if, uh, if all the rainforest isn't burned down by then, you know, we might be on track for a little bit more music or, or not (laughs) depending (laughs) on, (laughs) depending on if the earth survives the next, uh, you know, 15 to 20 years of human development. Hmm. So you're really tied to, is that a good answer? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I I think it's a very, (laughs) I think it's an answer that defers your future to people in power. Mm. Like it gives up your direction to somebody. Well, well, maybe I, Maybe I just don't like that the sound of that, but that might be true. Um, I think that, you know, it's the opposite in that I I'm I cannot be moved. You know, I'm I'm just gonna go with the flow, and uh, I sound like a you know California surfer hippie, but um, I don't know, like. I think if you want to talk about 
like the grand scheme of things and you know maybe the the they you're saying you know the powers that be um sometimes you can't fight things you know you can't fight climate change single-handedly i mean i just watched a video today okay this ties into my point not the general conversation not the question you asked but ties into my point saw a video today that was about the water usage in California and all of the West Coast states, actually. And it's like, yeah. um, you know, a certain percent goes to human consumption and then a certain percent goes to commercial consumption and then a certain percent is for, you know, you know, whatever, what have you. And they broke it all down. And then they, the irrigation farming, irrigational farming um, is like 80-something percent. And yep. then irrigational agriculture, because most people are farming in the desert, in the central, you know, central desert of California. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, so, I don't know, things like that make me feel like it might be very hard to change, you know, a lot. So, I would rather, so the the reason why I'm saying I'm not, letting letting it get the best of me is because i would just rather do you know the best i can while i can mm-hmm. you know yeah i can't some things are unavoidable so if if like if the whole you know if the icebergs melt and the whole planet burns down you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna be there but <laughs> <laughs> you know priorities i guess well what do you mean by priorities like uh if there's a zombie apocalypse i'm probably not gonna be sitting there making beats too often oh i see yeah you know i'll st- yeah. i'll try to i'll try to survive for a little bit yeah i don't you know from my short period of being alive uh it doesn't seem like the world falls apart that fast the world falls apart in little ways all the time and then you think what do you think we got like a hundred years what do you put a number i think on we've it? got thousands i think we've got thousands, thousands? for sure no. yeah for sure i'm, I'm no well i Armando. don't thousands i think we have <laughs> thousands and thousands of years i don't think uh, unless we get hit by an asteroid which is you know it's not improbable um but i don't think climate change is i don't think climate change kills everybody i think it kills a lot of very poor unfortunate people and I think it makes life really, really difficult for a lot of people. Are you going to be wealthy? I don't know. <laughs> I, hope, I hope I'm wealthy enough to take care of the people I like. Um, Will you bring me on your boat? Yeah, dude. You got to get back here, though. <laughs> You're in the wrong section of the country for climate change. You're right. That's true. It's only getting wetter over here. Um, I mean, yeah. But I, I you know... I think it's it'll be it'll be slow catastrophe. The catastrophes that destroy humans are always the slow ones because we're so stupid and we think like <laughs> we're just like oh well, you know if like okay so like an earthquake, the earthquake, the terrible earthquake that happened in Turkey, and you know this is one that hits closer to home because I have family there um, who are luckily okay. But okay, um, that's good. They 
that is a short-term enough catastrophe that we sort of, the gravity of it hits us very immediately. So when you hear 30,000 people dead from yeah, an earthquake. It's fucking that, crazy. Yeah, it hits you and you can see the rubble and you can see it all falling apart. And that's the that's a timeline of catastrophe that's very easily understood for the human mind. The mm. ones that we always fail to understand, the problems that we don't address correctly are the ones that exist on um, on a time scale that's slightly too big. So so climate change is mm. one where the time scale is just too big. Um, yeah. Not I'm not saying that absolves us of responsibility. That's not the point. My point is just that it becomes very difficult for us on an individual day-to-day level to understand yeah. how we can take ownership and make things change because the answers aren't clear, you know. It's not it's not black and white on on any level. Um and that's the truth of all nuanced statement of all nuanced and large problems that it's you know the solutions that work on the west coast don't always work on the east coast the solutions that work okay that's true in the southern hemisphere don't work in the northern hemisphere and um where regenerative farming can make meat and and you know um animal products i knew it i knew it i I was waiting i was i was like oh i'm gonna try this one out and just see what happens um (laughs) you you have you have folks who will make an argument for regenerative farming and say hey there's there's a way to do this that results in cleaner waterways cleaner soil and long-term uh sustainability however the production goes way down and maybe you won't be able to feed as many people Mm. and then you have people who are saying well you know the most important thing is to feed as many people as possible and yes. therefore, we have to stay with a industrial Agreed. model, which is obviously horrific, right? So, yeah. um, uh, and th- there's obvious. I think evil is very obvious. So, like are you, anybody, are who you looks, gonna be? I'm sorry, but are you gonna be a, a politician someday? Am I gonna go what? Are you gonna go into politics? Am I gonna go into politics? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think it would be I think a you very could. unwise move. Mm, okay, that's fair. I think politics is good on a very, very local scale. So mm. the way maybe I that's what I meant. Maybe that's what you meant. <laughs> the way I understand politics is, um, all government is just an alternative to war. That's the only function of government is to is to. Mm have people coexist without war. So when you think about democracy falling apart or democracy failing, you have to remember that the only, the only standard that democracy really has to achieve is not, not internal warfare. That's when democracy fails because people forget how bad war is. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard to stop humans from trading war. Uh, partly because it's extremely profitable these days and used as a political tool to gain favor for whoever's in power, but also because people are impulsive. And once a war starts, everyone tends to be supportive of it, regardless of the fact that it's not justified. So even when you have huge anti-war movements like um, for Vietnam, where it was obviously a complete, just a disgusting abuse of power um, on the part of the U.S. government and the CIA... Um, you have people who uh, the majority of the country supported it um, mm. even though many of the reports that we received at home were fraudulent and 
you know, just an obvious crime against humanity, in my opinion. That was a uh, deep dive off the. That was a really deep dive off the, off the last tangent. But yes. Yeah. I, no, I agree. It's a, on a local scale. I think government can be really helpful. I think fixing potholes yeah. or um, helping people af- uh, create affordable housing or making sure that the parking rules are not exploitative. <laughs> like those are all good yes. things, you know, I, I, I revoke my question. I, <laughs> I, I revoke my suggestion that you should get involved in politics, but I still think you're a very, <laughs> I think you're a very intelligent, uh, you know, person. I think you have a very, you know, a uh, clear way of, uh, you know, dictating things. Oh, oh I, just rub, I just rubbed my nose on the microphone. <laughs> Dude, getting used to, I have, so I have these road, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I have these road pod mics and then I have the, yeah. this Behringer 400 are you, are you something. S- are you saying road? Yeah. Is that wrong? Yeah. Yeah. The road is correct. Oh, road. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And I was so bad. If you listen to any of the earlier episodes, I just, I was trying to be subtle. So I had like the gain halfway. And so the whole (laughs) thing is just way too quiet. So these days I just record with the gain on full and tone it down later. Yeah. I mean, my track's going to be a little bit loud looking back at it now, but it's okay. I think mostly it's the P's and F's and the laughs that are loud. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. I coughed Um, a few times. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I don't know. I cut you off at one point. I don't know. You were saying something about, um, evil. I forget. No, just that evil is obvious sometimes, but a lot of the time problem solving isn't, uh, exactly black and white. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I do think we'll be here for a really long time. I do think people will be around for a long time. And if you just look at in terms of if you want to make it like super basic and be like which areas of the world have the most natural resources you and i are very lucky to be in one of the most natural resource rich places in the world i Um, agree so i agree i'm gonna i'm gonna farm some mushrooms and not uh the not the fun kind too not the psychedelic kind the fun (laughs) kind but not the psychedelic kind um (laughs) I, i mean like oyster mushrooms and stuff but um and we'll all, you know, we'll all be prepared for the uh, for the end if it comes. <laughs> um, I'm, dude. I'm interested in the fun kind of mushroom. I've never done any sort of psychedelics <laughs> of any kind, but yes. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated, <laughs> and I kind of want to wait until my brain is done developing to try anything. But I am, I am you, very my, interested. Okay, as a person who did not wait, you sh- you. Sh- mm, I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer or like a Buzz Killington, you know, but um, (laughs) maybe wait. Yeah, I think I will. Before experimenting. But that's just, um, that's just advice for some people, you know, do whatever you you do, whatever suits you. Try to make wise decisions for yourself. Yeah, I'm trying, man. It's not always easy. Yeah. Okay. So to tie Um, to tie to tie the the uh, enormous uh, conversation we had before this back into the original premise, um, what do you think? And I'm going to ask you a question in a reverse role situation here. Um, 
Okay. What do you th- What do you think art and music are going to be like in? Give me like twenty years, fifty years, and a hundred years. Because uh, you know, you wow. know, I see a shorter time span for for the longevity of human existence. Yeah. In in general, so just to play into that for a second, how 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 do you think? You know, give me an idea. What 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 do we see on the scene? Wow, I wish I had musical knowledge to rely on at this point. I think um I think there are periods of pure creation and then there are periods of of uh what's the word? Like I guess I don't know, I'll call it sampling. So you have because you know, that's a real term. So you have periods where literal new types of music explode so you have a period where jazz becomes into existence where jazz literally did not exist before Mm. and then now you have a period where yes hip-hop has been around for 50 years but the sampling of jazz became uh was was part of the origination of hip-hop and then would allow for hip-hop to grow and now um sampling is I think very, very different from where it started. Um, so jazz and hip hop, you gave me the past 50 years. Now give me the next, uh, well, give me the next 20. I say that, I say that to tie into this, which is, I think in the next 20 years, we will have a new genre develop that will be loosely based on R and B. So I think mm. there'll be a new evolution of what R and B is. That's already here. Um, you th- what? That's already here. Yeah. <laughs> What is it? It's called like a new R and B. Like uh, I don't know. I don't know what the kids call it nowadays. It's. I'm uh, not talking <laughs> about Frank Ocean. I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying like, I'm truly something you've never heard but, before. I think fr- okay. Frank Ocean's on That's the ba- on the on the cutting edge. I'm not talking about the cutting edge. I'm saying we're gonna take a leap forward, and I don't even think it'll necessarily be music that's in English. I do think mm. there's. A, there's a possibility that the music that starts dominating is going to be, and we've seen this already to a degree, but the music that starts dominating is going to be R&B driven, but also mm. not necessarily even English music anymore. Okay. Um, that's so that's fair. what I think the next 20 years is. Uh, in the next okay, 50 wait, years... Wait, hold on. Hold on. I'll give my next 20 years. You ready? My next okay. 20 years, and we'll we'll do it one at a time. That'll make this okay. interesting. Okay. So my next twenty years, I think music will sound like the uh, the the song from the future that Mr. Krabs hears in SpongeBob, where it's like, <laughs> where it's what? like poop 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 poop. <laughs> that one, that one. Okay. I think I think that kind of stuff is gonna be. Mark my words. I think in twenty years that kind of stuff is gonna be super super popular, like <laughs> what, like wicked music. Yeah, but also like like really um really space spacey um like electronic drum and drum and bass and all sorts well that's not drum and bass, but all sorts of you know, all sorts of really electronic spacey stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but do okay, you okay, here's a good wait, let me follow up on this. Do you yeah. think songs will get shorter or longer? Much shorter. Much shorter. So, like, down to the minute mark? Uh, easily. Easily. Yeah. Okay. 
like 45 seconds to a minute is going to be considered um, like what six or seven minutes was in the 60s or 70s when like all those long ass rock ballads came out from you know countless number of bands i mean right the originators of super long songs and stuff were arguably bands like zeppelin and stuff but you know so i think it's going to go down to i think a minute 45 seconds to a minute is going to be the new um the new six or seven minutes so I, I agree with you. I think that the majority of music will become shorter and shorter. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what's the next question? 50 years? Yes, and then after these we'll wrap it up because it's been an hour and I know we're, you know. Now this is I good. gotta I, go. I got you. I don't want you to have too much to edit either. <laughs> no, that's all good. Um, 50 okay. years. Yeah, 50. I think in 50 years, there will be no, um, I don't know what to even call it. There will be no acoustic instruments involved in music mm. at all. Okay. And we will see very limited use of words. So <laughs> it will be almost entirely uh, instrumental. Wow. And the words or the sounds that imitate language that we do here will be um, in the way of a French Monet painting. They will be, uh, uh, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Impressionistic. The language will simply be impressionistic. It will things that sound like English, but it won't even be English. Okay. So just guiding I, the mind. I have a completely Wow, that's really interesting because I was going to say 50 years. I was going to say acoustic music makes a huge comeback. Um, but I was also going to say that it was not going to be vocal. I was going to say that it was going to be primarily instrumental and uh, not f- lyric-based. But my prediction was that acoustic sampling and or uh creation and new acoustic instruments as well will be on the rise in 50 years new acoustic instruments yes wow i'd like love for stuff. a new instrument to come along i would love that do some research into it there are some crazy ones really yeah can you give there's me like, an example real quick there's people making stuff with lasers lasers yeah and there's pe- the, the some of the coolest ones I've seen are people who are modulating um like physical things. So like using like I don't know if that makes any sense. Like I have a friend um I don't know if he wants me to shout him out, so I'll just say I have a friend who you might know as well who was working with plants and stuff for a while. Um Oh, sick. Like uh, making, hooking, and then there's companies who have devices that you can hook up to plants, and then it it changes like the frequency best on based or sound yes. based on a set number of sounds. Yes. But my friend, yes. this friend that we both might know, was working on a system that would work based on that was much more individualistic to the plant, to the specimen you had, because it would not generate. It wasn't generating from as set of a bank of sounds. It was generating from like a broader bank of modulation to where like the signal was actually like really affecting what was going on. So you would get a a much more like even like, you know, a much more emotive control over the, 
what you were doing wow. with the plant. Um, Dude, that's fascinating. So things like that. Is, I appreciate is what I'm saying. I appreciate that you always seem to be knowing things that are going on in nooks and crannies of the world. Because one thing I've always been really bad at has been like almost not, uh, well, I'll just use the word, not being nerdy about a subject. Like I don't, I don't do well at like digging below the surface level of things. A lot of the time I just enjoy what's on the surface because I I don't have good taste. I just Mm -hmm. like things. But you have this, you, you really do seem to be able to be like, what's going on on the front lines or kind of in the, the more underground space and the forefront of style or fashion or music or artwork. And it's, dude, it's so valuable to be able to, to curate your mind that way or to have that kind of influence on people. Yeah, I think it's comes with the consumption of a lot of social media. <laughs> I actually I check in on the uh, the Onus account every once in a while, yeah. yeah. And uh, I I do remember we're just like following all of these people who are like yeah. so a lot of them are so like for example I just checked in this someone called Child, um, okay. C H triple I L D, yeah. Um, and I guess they're a musician, but like yeah. I did not follow this person, but you did, and so I can check yeah. in here and there's just or like Empress of I don't know who this person is. Empress but, uh, is cool. Yeah, or Bars Over Emp- Bars Media. I know Bars Over yeah. Bars, but yeah. um, it's cool to be able to tune in here every once in a while and be like, damn, this is the type of stuff that I don't even know where to look to find it. But then once I do, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I guess I should be a curator of some sort, but I don't know. I wouldn't know how to get a gig like that. But I you never know. I feel like you could be one of those, one of those, uh, what are they even called? I don't even know what to call them, but like curated Instagram pages, like a plastic yeah. plant or modern notoriety, people like that. Mm, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Um, okay. hundred years before we, before we, I have to go just cause cats and I have to eat dinner too. All good. Stuff. No, that's all good. Uh, a hundred years. A hundred years, I think music is completely broken from what we think of as Western music, and uh, it's it's verging on total abstraction. So people actually will like listening to whale songs in a hundred years, as opposed to like, pretending they like to listen to it right now. <laughs> no one's listening to that and enjoying it. Don't I don't believe them. <laughs> They're all lying. They're trying to. They're trying to greenwash their aesthetic. Cool. Dude. You listen to whale songs. Shut the hell up. Yeah, they listen to whale songs, but they also eat bacon. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think in a hundred years, it will be very disjointed. I think songs will lengthen back out a little bit. I, I can't say how long, but I, I want to say it's going to be longer than in 20, 50 years. I think in 20, it's going to be much shorter. 50 might get a little bit longer with what we described as more of an instrumental period. Yep. And then I think a hundred years, I think it will be, almost a new age of sampling in that it will become music will become so sampled. I think every song possible to be written 
almost, not every song, but almost every song possible to be written will have been written. And I think that, um, like new creation at that time, if you create something that's genuinely unique and new sounding that people will like, that will generate the most praise work, you know? So I think it's going to be very, um, I think it's going to be, I think music in a hundred years will be very, um, like, you know how, like, you know how if I say pop or if I say, like, trap or if I say, um, what's popular now, drill, you know, yeah. you, you you know what I'm talking about? Right. I think, I think popular music and, like, what's mainstream, sorry, I'm moving away from the microphone, <laughs> I think what's mainstream and popular music at that point will be so diverse and like such a you know what i mean i think there there would be a song there would be songs topping the chart you know for that time that would be yeah. like one's one's going to be pop ish one's going to be hip hop ish one's going to be drill ish one's going to be edm ish one's going to be country ish but they're all going to have such mixed elements of one another that it's uh, it's going to be one mega genre like i i think genres will cease to exist so I think it's all going to be Whoa. one mega, mega, I think it's all going to be one, you know what I mean? I think it's all going to be one yeah. mega genre. And then what determines the, you know, your fandom based on genre, you, you, like people, instead of saying like, oh, I like country or oh, I like hip hop or oh, I like jazz, people will say, um, I like jazz hop country EDM group music you know like <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy you know what i mean i think people will have very um mishmashed um tastes and you know i think it will be a big yeah big mess well we won't be there to see it but <laughs> <laughs> it'll be cool it'll be cool i i will i'll be there i'll i'll see but you're going to be there I don't know. We'll see. Pop off at 120, still dropping beats, making crazy anti-genre music. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to it. I should. I, I should it, start. I'm not there to see it. I'm gonna start that just because we we talked about this. I'm gonna start that branding now. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna like relabel <laughs> all my stuff. Anti-genre. Anti-genre. Dude, you should. Yeah. Uh, I read man, it. Thank you for hopping on. I appreciate it. Yep. This was a this was a, I think this was a slightly more interesting talk maybe than last time. I think so. I had fun. Yep. Cool, man. Okay. I'll I'll let you go. I uh, appreciate it and I I wish you well. I hope you're you're doing good. I'm going to eat some popcorn. Same to you. Enjoy your popcorn, good sir. Thank you. Adios. Adios. Whatever.